Those Two Jerks is brought to you in part by Maverick Group, Maverick Group Experiential Technology. Need some nerds? Let's build something awesome together. Maverick. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Those Two Jerks, episode 154. I am your host, the Tom Alexander. Joining me, as always, is the Sussman, Rick Sussman. Hi, Rick. Freshly shorn Tom Sussman, Rick Sussman. Thank you. I, I don't even I don't even want to know what was shorn, but okay. <laughs> and the, <laughs> the occasional, the Vootastic Chris Vu. Hi, Chris. Good morrow. Tom and Rick, and good, good day to good day to Vu. Do wow. you uh, do we share a barber, Rick? We well, uh, she's also a teammate, but yes, we share. Yeah, yeah. So you went to the Uppercuts Studio. Yes, yes, I went to Uppercuts Studio, and I went and saw Victoria, and she made me look like a human being. Nice. It's. Yeah. I thought you were going for the Yeti look this this Halloween. <laughs> while uh, while appropriate, and if you were to look at me, you would agree. Yeah, Yeti seems more appropriate. <laughs> no, uh, I, uh, I. She's a uh, she's a member of the jungle, and she trains pretty much everywhere. Um, and uh, she had mentioned that she would like a a crack, so to speak, at my next look whenever I wanted to uh, change my style up, and that just happened to be yesterday. So really? All right. Written she, got my hair cut. She's responsible for my my current longer hair as well. Ah, see, see, yeah. she knows her stuff. She knows her. Tom. If you if you ever need, you too could look less. Um, we'll say gargoyly. And what does that uh, mean? hey, I look uh, gargoyly. What the fuck? I, I I mean, you know, within I'm reason well of. Pimped, I think. <laughs> I, I mean, the horns. As far as. Look, as man, far like as it's, gargoyles it's, are concerned, look, look. I mean, it ain't you know, it ain't the Guggenheim, but it's you know, the, the building is not exactly. <laughs> the building hasn't fallen into disrepair either. And, and in fairness to Tom, he's one of your classic Italian gentlemen whose hair and style do not change, save for the turn of any millennia. So that's not true. I've had this particular style for about uh, five years now. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> You're, you might be due. You might be. <laughs> Have you considered maybe that you're due, Tom? Has that has that crossed your mind? I, I mean, you're assuming that you know. I mean, look how many how many uh, work slash job interview appropriate styles exist for an adult male. Ooh. They, well, I mean, my they, my my last the undercut that I just had for a long while was fine. My current look would be more than appropriate. For the job you work at now. Well, an undercut is considered generally appropriate. Yeah, almost I mean, like it depends on how you choose to style it. Yeah. Ultimately, right? Well, I mean, I, I watch I'm a lot of the queer eye. Hair, I'm not growing my hair longer, and I can't shave it shorter because it's starting to get thin, and I'm in denial about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, now we've reached the center of the shrubbery maze. <laughs> this is this is where we are. This is, this is we're in, a, we're in a spot I'm comfortable with at the moment. <laughs> and this is what we're going with. This and that's the doing. end of it. This is what we're yeah. doing for a little while longer. <laughs> until until we can't anymore. Right, right. Until until circumstances prevent us from doing so. But I wouldn't call it gargoyle shit. 
Anyway. No, I just meant you specific. Well, you know. Anyway. I mean, he does perch on church <laughs> walls. That is actually really good for the back. <laughs> Crouching ever so. It does. It stretches <laughs> out. It stretches out your core. It's really good. Well, if if ever if ever there was a time for us to have been anywhere that required um we'll we'll say lurching. Uh, that definitely happened this weekend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, let's uh let's let's get off the, the topic of hairstyles that people can't see and will never see. Uh, be, well, if they fall on our Facebook. Yeah, if they're on the Facebook or the Twitter, they might see photos of us. They might, that's, maybe. That's for later. Maybe. Anyway, this is episode <laughs> 154. After this one, eight to go. And then it's done. Um, We're recording this the evening of Wednesday, October 24th. <laughs> maybe. 2018. <laughs> I've been tra- I've been traveling. The days all run together. It's just one big horrible mess at this point. <laughs> uh, so if uh, if stuff happens between now and when this goes in your ear hole, that's why. Um, we have a bunch of stuff to get to, but an update on the seals. We told you before about the ten seals <laughs> that uh, should they open, should at least one of them actually open. According to the prophecy by the coin, um, we would continue doing the show beyond our uh, predetermined end. And um, so we've been updating because things have changed and things. Oh, God, do they move around? So, <laughs> yes, Tom, do impart the new knowledge that we have. Yeah. So uh, so a quick rundown of what they are. Pete Rose getting into the Hall of Fame. Still not happening, we think. Uh, Major League Baseball closing its doors. Well, Game 2 of the World Series is going on as we record this. Though pretty sure they're not closing after this is over. But one never knows. Um, What else? Oh, uh, Rick's favorite wrestler, Effie, uh, pulling off his face to reveal he's really Ric Flair. Uh, Still possible. Uh, possible. <laughs> No indication that that's happening. Um, uh, UCF, uh, what did we say? Getting invited to and winning the college football playoff. Right, which we um, know is now emphatically impossible. Yeah, yeah. If you talk to uh, Kirk Herbstreet, noted ESPN mouthpiece and walking haircut. um, (laughs) He, yeah, he he basically uh, says Fresno State unranked Fresno State is better than UCF, which is, I don't know, what is beyond horseshit? What is, is there a level <laughs> above horseshit? Um, not sure. Horse-tacular, perhaps? Yeah. So the pollsters for two weeks in a row, despite UCF winning, have uh, kept UCF in the exact same spot. Um, the first college football playoff committee's rankings uh, come out next week, and UCF has a bye, which... If if what's happened to other teams on a bye this year is any indication, a bye counts as a quality win because other teams on buys have jumped over UCF in the polls. Literally all of them. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, so maybe having a bye will give UCF a little boost. I don't know, um, but probably not. So <laughs> they're uh, they're currently ten, both the AP and the coaches polls, and uh, most uh, observers predict when the playoff 
uh, rankings come out, they will be somewhere between 14 and 18 in the country. <laughs> and thus, finally and completely ending any and all possible justice for this team whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so college game day is going to be in Jacksonville this weekend for the Florida Georgia game. And there is an organization of UCF fans on the Twitter and the Facebook that are traveling by the busload to Jacksonville to invade college game day and specifically troll Kirk Herbstreet, um, who hosts college game day co-hosts and, uh, and hold up the famous signs, uh, showing their support for their nights. Um, so, uh, yeah, that seal probably not going to open. Um, <laughs> where were we? Oh, uh, John bones, Jones passing any drug test at all. Um, we're getting closer to that one happening. <laughs> it's all a matter of timing, isn't it? I mean, uh, yeah, you either wait long enough or you retroactively do things or. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it, it's, I mean, he's going to be fighting for a title very shortly. Like, yeah, well, he's got a fight. Doesn't he have a fight coming up this month? Uh, yeah. And then he's got another uh, now next in Saturday December is a t- and he's got a title fight in December. Oh, no, 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 no. That, uh, Cormier has the fight next Saturday. His fight is, uh, yeah, in, in December. Oh, I thought Jones's fight was sooner. I thought it was like November. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure his is December, but regardless. Anyway, um, yeah, he'll have to pass uh, a drug test uh, before it, and uh, he'll have to pass one after it in order for the fight results to be official. Uh, so that seal could open, potentially. Yeah, yeah. I it's don't the think most likely will. One. Oh, you don't think he's going to pass a drug test? Fuck no, dude. When was the last time he did? Really? Chris? Oh, like pre-championship days? Yes, yeah, like literally <laughs> years. I mean, at this point, like a half a decade. Oh, God. <laughs> right, right. So I'm not seeing that happening. Um, Vanderlei Silva passing an USADA drug test. Has not happened. Close. Close. So got came, close. That one we got real close. close to. Yeah. Um, but uh, USADA does not do testing for Bellator. So <laughs> um, so we dodged that bullet, so to speak. Um, where am I? How, is, how many is that now? Uh, I think that's like four six. Or five, right? Yeah. Six? six? Four? Pete Rose, Pete Rose, Major League Baseball. Don't you have these all written down you somewhere? See, yeah, it's in an old email. I gotta go scrolling through I was my phone. Like, that's a lot. Like, oh my! You had all day. You had it, like, days to prepare. Have things to do. Like you're the one who prepped the rundown. I just figured you'd have it available. <laughs> Is that so unreasonable? Yes. I mean, the whole the whole seals thing was what two months ago at this point. This is more than that. Here it is. Here it is. Yeah, like magical dining was a while ago. So <laughs> the um, Here, what I discovered I got that, it. that yeah. man walks on Mars. Yes, that's not close. Very to important. Uh, President Trump vows to leave the NFL alone about the anthem. <laughs> uh, he has not done that. Shows no signs of doing so. Well, you know, he likes national things. Uh yeah. Mm. Uh, <laughs> let's not. Let's don't don't even move any further down that road. <clears throat> uh, Kanye West releases an album devoted to the benefits of single payer health care. Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's not going to happen. I don't know. Yeezy has a sneezy is still possible. I suppose. 
And finally, uh, the uh, Warner Brothers decides to reboot the DC movies, which, which I is, don't know what the fuck they're I doing. I mean, at this Wonder point. Woman's getting pushed back seven months. Is yes. that true? Yeah, Wonder Woman 1984 has been the release date's been pushed into 2020 now. Yeah. Oh God. Uh-huh. Uh huh. They're still currently shooting that, so I'm not sure why. But uh, <laughs> are they still shooting Aquaman? It's done. That's good. The TV, <laughs> the TV commercials are. That's out. like. Two months from now, right? Yeah, December twenty first. Do we have to go see that at a festival day? Oh, we're, uh, we're well, we don't have to go see it there, but we are doing a show about it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean, that's like saw the Venom year twice, end. Rick. Don't even start. Yeah, I enjoyed it as well. That part. You don't. Yeah, don't don't groan about Aquaman when you paid to see Venom. Oh, but it's Aquaman. you paid. Well, words. Tom, you're off topic. You know, let's get back on the point here. All right. So those are the 10. So we're close to one or two of them maybe opening potentially uh, before we end this thing. Uh, But uh, many of them very far off. All right. Let's roll into the world of sports. Further. (laughs) Yeah. Further. As we already discussed that Bones Jones has a fight coming up for a belt. We will watch that with great interest. Uh, <laughs> at least the drug testing portion of that. <laughs> um, but let's talk a little NBA. And uh, oh. and a really interesting story uh, that I, I picked up, uh, just saw a little while before we started recording, which is uh, uh, Darius Baisley, who's a high school basketball player, uh, a top pro prospect, by most accounts a first-round NBA draft pick, Uh, ranked the number 13 prospect in the year. He was supposed to go to Syracuse uh, for college, but decommitted back in March. Said he was going to instead skip college, play in the NBA's G League, which is their minor league. Uh, He'd be the first player to do that, to skip college and go there. Most guys who don't want to go to college uh, go overseas and play because the NBA has a rule where you're not eligible for the draft until one year after your high school class has graduated high school. So you can't go, No, they're basically the rule outlaws LeBron type things going right from high school to the NBA. Um, right. That's what they call one and done in college basketball. Guys go play college basketball for a year, which is a joke, and then they go to the NBA draft. Um, other guys don't want to go to college. They go play pro in, the, in Europe for a year or two, come back and go to the draft. Uh Baisley uh, was going to go to the NBA minor league instead of overseas, but then this week he decided instead to get a three-month, $1 million internship with New Balance, the shoe company. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Three it's months, an internship, Tom. Three months, $1 million. He's learning an- the ropes of the yeah. shoe industry. That's Very what they crucial. Say. That's what they say. Um, it is apparently uh, a multi part of a multi-year shoe contract. His agent negotiated. Um, he's the same agent. They, he has the same agent as LeBron, John Wall, and Ben Simmons. Uh, so no slouch. Um, it's a multi-year shoe contract. It will pay at least the one million dollars. But if he performs up to certain incentives, it could pay him at least fourteen million. Um, and then he'll enter the NBA draft next year. Hang on. So it's a three month 
internship, internship with some sort of performance bonus? Well, it's the internship is part of a contract, a multi-year contract. So <laughs> the internship is the first three months. Um, and then once he goes into the NBA, if he performs, gets certain, does certain things, he gets paid more money. Um, is this man, the it's, first of its kind? It's got to be. It's the first right. of its kind in that in in this way where he's interning for the company, right? Uh, so that he can he guys sign he's shoe not deals. getting paid. Guys, NBA players sign you know shoe deals all the time. No, no, yeah, but just the intern. <laughs> the internship part is right, yeah like fairly. It's unprecedented, um, especially the fact that he's a million dollar intern. <laughs> like. <sighs> I mean, like, I mean, are they gonna at some point make him like run and get the coffee and like, hey, you know, file these away? I mean, like, who's who's following up on this whole internship? Like, because isn't that the idea of a an educational internship is to gain experience, usually without pay, but somehow he's worked this into a three hundred thirty three thousand dollar a month internship yeah. <laughs> i mean and it's not not all internships are unpaid traditionally they are but some fields pay their interns um, they're paying them with experience Tom. well some of them pay them actual money um <laughs> but uh Baisley's agent says uh no matter what happens with his playing career he'll have uh, he'll know more about the business around basketball than anybody in his draft class. Uh, so he claims that he'll actually be working and learning. Um, holy cow, Rick. Are your knuckles hurting you? Oh, that wasn't... I'm sorry. I wasn't cracking anything. I was pulling up a new story. That was my mouse. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. It no, sounds, I'm sorry. It is the exact same sound as your knuckles. Oh, no, no. That was me. That, that was me doing my show prep. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Sorry, I didn't mean to fly off the handle at you. It's just the same sound. No, I was just sitting here like, oh, let's see, I'm reading, I'm like, I'm clicking along, like, I'm getting the, the page to roll, and I'm reading along with you. And I'm like, oh, I'm trying to find, like, something funny to say, and then I started getting yelled at by my dad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, <laughs> what do you guys think about this? I don't know, am I allowed to talk? <laughs> You're allowed to talk. Just stop cracking your knuckles. Yeah, my knuckles. I'm back. Um, I love this story. I think th this is the kind of story. This is one of those stories only in America, but not for any good reason. Mind <laughs> this is not a this is not a story of positive things. This is seriously. This is what we got to do. This is where we are. <laughs> well, I mean, it's and his agent pointed out today uh, that. This is because the system is broken. Yeah, it's exactly it. That is 100% the reason. I mean, that's, like, you know. At least NBA, he's admitting like, it. You know, the like, NBA was about to reach a deal over the weekend to get rid of this one and done rule, and it fell right. apart. Of course it did. Um, so Why does it fall? Because people have money in college basketball? Is that why? Uh, that's probably part of it. Um, I, think, I think the NCAA likes the illusion of educating know. people yeah of, I guess. You know, well they, they love people. they love the they love saying the whole 
student athlete thing, which yes. is, you know, utter BS. Student um, athlete is actually true of every athlete in the NCAA who doesn't play football or men's basketball. <laughs> well, that is that is also true. Yes, but it's also baloney. I, it just is. Sorry, but it is. So um, this is great because this is a company that's saying, you know, we are a business and our and in our business we've decided to pay this person $333,000 a month for 3 months because we're allowed to do that and we will. Right. <laughs> so we're going to. Right. And what's what's even funnier about this is New Balance hasn't made basketball shoes since the 1990s. I was just about to ask that like I'm yeah. not sure New Balance even makes bat like they're they haven't a running 20 shoe some company. years. Yeah, they they haven't made basketball shoes in 20 some years. Um He'll be the first athlete that they've signed to promote their new basketball shoes. To intern for their new I'm basketball. just surprised that New Balance, of all, of all the companies, to just say, you know what, we're doing this. It's New Balance. You well, know? <laughs> here's the thing, though. If you're going to jump back into the very, very competitive basketball shoe arena, what better way to do it than to get all this national media attention before you've ever unveiled one shoe? Yeah, that's Without true. Without having to spend the kind of money it would take to get a a LeBron or a Chris Paul or a a, a you know Kevin Durant. Apparently, to, it costs a million show. dollars. Right, a million dollars instead of ninety million dollars. That's yeah. I mean, the whole situation is very silly, but that's what I love about it. Like, this is ridiculous. This should never needed to be a thing, and yet. It it most certainly is. Yeah, like as it's, as long as there are rules, people always figure out a way to game the system. Right, and this right. will, I'm sure, light a fire under the NBA to finally get rid of the damn one and done rule. Yeah, like at that point, is it like high school players to enter the draft? Do Under Armour and Nike suddenly have an explosion in their internship department? <laughs> <laughs> you know, is that, like, is that what's going to happen? Is right. there a way around it now? I mean, like, I mean, if it works. If it works, why not, right? Yeah, I mean, like, I mean there's a you know a top prospect who doesn't have the grades or the inclination to go to college. What's to stop one of these other I mean, two companies from doing the same? Give thing? them an internship. No, well, now that you've opened the door, I mean, how how could you not like that that what is uh, uh, that that cow is out the barn? You yeah. know, like that's gone. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is the start of something, unless the NBA changes its rules. Certainly. Um, but it's also a story tailor-made for this show. <laughs> because why? Yeah. Because it highlights once again and underscores the fact that college and professional sports are just broken. They're just completely broken. Yeah, and, and nobody is interested. The thing that always makes me so angry is nobody is interested in looking out for people who need looking out for, be them kids or adults who may not know better, whatever the case may be. It's just what can we do to shoehorn in pun intended, more money into our coffers. <laughs> yeah. What makes the world go round? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And speaking of things just perfectly, perfectly set up for those two jerks, I've got a story for you guys. Oh, boy. I already kind of spoiled it about 20 minutes ago, but whatever. Um, <laughs> did you know that the WWE would like Daniel Cormier to be a special ring announcer and commentator? What the hell? I did not know that. Yes. Well, it's actually not the WWE. 
It, Daniel Cormier, as some of you may know, is actually a big wrestling guy. He's a big fan. A true wrestling guy. Yes, yeah. Well, both, yeah, I guess in all in all forms, yes. Wrestling, wrestling, for sure. Yeah, wrestling uh, and wrestling. Right? Yeah, <laughs> correct. Thank you, Chris. That is that is a correct statement. Um, and apparently, <laughs> um, during a recent media uh, scrum in Vegas, uh, he said that he'd be heading to Orlando. <laughs> and he was going to try out as a commentator um, following his UFC 230 fight. So, guys, uh-huh. what do we think about Daniel Cormier as the new voice of SmackDown? Because Fox really wants him to be there. Well, I, I mean, can't. Um, yeah, go, go on, Tom. Yeah, I mean, I know less about this than both you guys, so uh, I'll, I'll give you the outsider perspective. I think it's a Please. good idea. I think it's a good idea. A, he's got For credibility who? as a as a champion athlete. B, uh, he can't fight forever, so he's going to have to have some kind of next career. So why not be a commentator for the WWE? C, it's good for the WWE because he's a recognizable name and face, even if it's not from the pro wrestling world. I, How I does the UFC benefit wrong with from this, though? The UFC, benefits, the UFC benefits because um, Fox wants this to happen, and Fox is by, has bought you know the SmackDown. And Fox Sports, as we know, will continue without Disney. So naturally, it makes sense to me anyway that uh, the UFC would like for Fox to keep their uh, keep their relationship as tight as possible, if it is tight at all. Well, but didn't isn't ESPN buying yeah, ESPN UFC the new, TV yes. rights from Fox? Oh, right. you're right. I forgot about. It. Well, maybe this is a way for Fox to try and you know keep. Oh, maybe they're trying to steal. Maybe they're trying to steal Cormier away, like bridge the gap, sort of. I mean, I I don't know. I mean, that's the thing is, okay, you know, Rousey's Rousey, Ronda Rousey becoming a big, big star probably helps things. Or maybe this is some sort of a. I, I I don't know who's working it, but I just know Cormier called out Lesnar after he beat Stipe Miocic. That's true. That's true. So is this a way to? bridge that gap to try to to get Lesnar back in the picture. Certainly possible. That's a good way to, you know, start moving and shaking in that particular aspect. Yeah. Right, I because I mean, at this point, like the, the UFC, I mean, all rankings aside, they're, 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 they're paying for just big money fights at this point, you know, like, yeah, but I mean, I, to, I'm not, I'm not necessarily opposed to that. Like, I, I know what you're saying, Chris, and I, I understand your, you know, they're, they're bypassing a lot of, you know, other, I mean, the heavyweight division itself is a little bit weak, you know, right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's maybe 10 solid guys, but you know, maybe it's just a way to reignite a little bit. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know where Lesnar stands on this, too. I mean, uh, it's all speculation, obviously. But I mean, I'm like, sure Lesnar's totally fine with it. Why wouldn't he? Be? Is he? I mean, like, does he does he plan on going back to MMA? I mean, he got out of it for a reason, right? Like, he got out of it because his stomach fell off. Right, but I mean, like, is it? I thought that was fixed when he prior to his loss to Cain Velasquez. From my understanding, that the whole colitis thing was all fixed. Well, yeah, but I'm pretty sure that's the reason why he left to begin with was he couldn't hack it right now because he ain't got no belly. 
<laughs> or, or lower intestine, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, well, I mean, hate to be you know so perfectly. Anyway, that's the, the point. Is the point is what what is the is this can't be a legit thing? Like this has to be a gimmick, right? Like they have to be doing this not because they think Daniel Cormier will be a great voice for the booth, right? Like, are, or are we just ignoring that possible reality? Is he the? I mean, like, is he not a good voice for the booth? I mean, I think. I mean, I, I don't know. I've never heard the man call a match. I've heard him call. Well, that's true. There's there's a different skill to calling wrestling matches than UFC fights. For sure. For sure. Um, I mean, he's he's a very charismatic guy. He's growing on me very slowly, but growing. Oh my way. god! Did you hear the Tom? Mark the tape. I know. I, I think I very heard him say slow. something positive about Daniel Cormier. <laughs> very, very slow. But he is he's the champ. So, I mean, who, who benefits? Ultimately. Thank you, Batman. <laughs> yeah. well, that's We're thing. going back to the, the this, Meltzer thing. This is only partially to do with his skills, of course. This has to do also with publicity and name recognition and all of those things, because it was purely about skill. I'm sure he's not the best possible candidate for that job. No, probably probably not. I mean, so when are we going to see Instagram posts of wrestling fans going apeshit because Daniel Cormier jumps in the ring to, like, shove Brock Lesnar around? Oh, first night. Will it be really, really like that's the very the very first night? That not even on. like an introduction thing. No, it's, it's almost instantaneous. Oh. I can guarantee it. So you think this whole thing's a work? Oh, absolutely. Okay, all right. I'm just making sure I know where you stand on this. No, with, with without question, this is some bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. I'm surprised that the UFC lets that happen. I mean, yeah, like, what are they gonna do? I mean, you know, not, they already stripped him of his belt. You know, <laughs> if he's did they? His, well, his he, light heavyweight belt. I mean. um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if he look, if he's not, he's not saying he's fighting. He's not signing a contract to fight. A lot of these guys have jobs outside of fighting, right? Because they don't make yeah, enough money. Because not uh, all yeah. of them get paid really well. So, but he does. Yeah, he does. So, but I mean, you can't stop him from working when he's not training for a fight. True. I mean, I'm. I guess it's. I, I assume it would be more money than being like the the analyst guy on i guess espn now I, you know yeah probably, i don't know probably probably there are fewer like, there are fewer commentators i would think in the wwe than there are analysts on espn yeah there's like three right like is i i don't, I don't watch wrestling anymore but i could i just think back to when i was watching raw back and it was like it was like vince mcmahon before he went all the weird corporate and became the puff daddy of being in the video um, the the cowboy guy, not cowboy. Um, <laughs> Jim Ross. Yeah, the guy who he he got like a palsy in his face at some point. Oh my god. Okay, cut Tom. We got to move on before. He no, I, that, that's how I remember him. Like, I know. Like, like, just, yeah, this is your Chris. It's like you're insulting Rick's favorite uncle at this point. Yeah. <laughs> like, what about that guy whose face don't work? What about him? Yeah, that's that's how I remember. He, he sounded like a cowboy and he got a palsy in his face. I mean, what do you want me to say? <laughs> Right? I mean, that's and they, they were the two, basically. Right. I mean, at, at, 
for a long time. I don't know who color commentates now and if there are more people behind the mic than just two during matches, but and and wrestling doesn't have analysts, do they? I mean, are there are there like analysts? But uh anyway. Anyways, yeah. Bad joke. Um terrible. <laughs> it's not terrible if you've seen Arrested Development. <laughs> it's still it's iffy at best if you've seen Arrested Development. <laughs> Whatever. Um we should move on though. Because okay. uh there's another I guess wrestling related sports story we should talk about. And that oh. has to do with the XFL. Oh, right, right. Uh, yeah. This is this is hysterical. Um so uh, Rick, Rick it's weird. tell us about tell us about this story. Well, the XFL, as you may know, is going to be it, by the way, it's totally legitimately like for real happening, Tom. Yeah, so don't think years. it's not. No, no, it's definitely, definitely happening. Don't think it's not, all right? First of all, get that out your face to begin with, okay? It's definitely happening. Sure. They came up with this brilliant idea that, you know, we all live in a gig economy now, so wouldn't it be good if people were able to uh, show their appreciation to uh, employees, football players, right on the spot? Essentially... Um, anytime a player did something good, he did good, made a good catch or a touchdown or a tackle or something. The XFL thinks it would be cool to go ahead and flash the guys like Venmo or PayPal or, or whatever. And you can, can sell him some money real quick, like a tip for doing really good on the sports field. Yeah, it's, it's weird. Oh, it's not weird. It's it's beyond weird. It's messed up. It's it's bad. This is bad. So that's the thing, right? Like I I used to I'll I'll use an MMA analogy for this is I used to sort of like give affliction shirt wearers and like tap out shirt wearers like a lot of shit if they didn't train themselves. Right. But then my affliction shirts. (laughs) I've got a couple. Um, (laughs) who, Who doesn't like a skeleton punching a dragon <laughs> and um, it's got chrome on it <laughs> yeah yeah on a shirt um uh but either way so like i used to give those fans you know fans hell for wearing shirts because how, how dare they but then my capitalist side kicked in and realized you know what like fighters wouldn't be getting paid more if yeah, no, I, I get it. Like, like this, right? there's nothing wrong with buying the jersey of your favorite player. And hopefully some of that money goes to them. I, I know where you're going with this. I don't know how much of it does, but isn't it better than just to directly give the players money? Well, it's a little bit worse than that. Like buying a, a jersey of your favorite player or a cap or whatever and hoping it goes to them. That's. That's all well and good as far as I'm concerned. I, I don't think that's a big deal. This is bad for two specific reasons. One that Tom brought to my attention and one that I brought to Tom's attention. And I'll, I'll start with the one that, that I thought of first. Um, so this is akin to 
you you do you do what I tell you to, boy, and I'll give you a good uh, uh, you know good help and a something nice. This is this is really walking a very uh, sketchy line that I'm not terribly comfortable with. That was my take. Tom's take honestly was better. Tom. Okay. Well, um, I mean, we know the XFL is owned by Vince McMahon, who is a noted, you know, friend of Trump, Trump supporter, whatever. His wife works in the administration. Mm -hmm. Um, And they are going to, they've already said they're going to require their players to stand for the anthem. Mm -hmm. Um, First, and, and let's say up top here that this is something that they, it's not a policy they're enacting at this point. They asked the fans on Twitter what they thought. Like, would you be interested in this if we made this available? Because um, clearly they're considering it. Um, I I see... The big problem I see with this is is gamblers can use it to rig games now. Yeah. Because... Explain that. Okay, so, so basically, uh, gamblers decide to... Uh, you know, start taking bets on XFL games, and they start tipping, sending large, large tips to certain players to maybe drop a couple passes or uh, miss a tackle or throw an interception or two, and and basically you know lose a game intentionally. Um, it's just a tip, but really what they're doing is paying athletes to throw the game. But that's okay. So that's directly traceable, though, right? I mean, like, I, I don't know how. It's, okay, so like Venmo, if it's anything like PayPal or Zelle or the other services, yeah, you can trace maybe the account it came from and where you know who it goes to. But there are ways to to spoof accounts and have dummy profiles and all kinds of things. But even still, if you're if all you're saying is it's a tip and you're not putting a a, a limit on how big that tip is um what's to stop I, I somebody just, from tipping a guy is, right like thousand dollars a pop or it's easy to tip good behavior it's it's because it's just it's it's transparent right but with equal transparency if you're tipping interceptions or whatever the case is like isn't that all right look at it look at it like this there are some fans, because I know if this were available in the NFL or in other sports, this would happen, where uh, there are some fans who really, really like it when their team plays against a guy who always plays shitty against their, fa- their favorite team. So, like, for, for example, uh, when the Bucks, when Kurt Warner played for the Rams, Kurt Warner almost always played like shit when they played the Bucks. So... As a Bucks fan, I loved it when Kurt Warner played against the Bucks because I knew he was going to get sacked at least four times and throw a couple of interceptions because I knew he was going to have a shit game. So if I'm a drunk Bucks fan in that situation and I just think it's funny to tip Kurt Warner for making shit plays that benefit my team just because I'm an asshole that way, <laughs> what's to stop me? And then what's to stop a gambler from claiming that same thing? You know, it's and just it's matter, opening whether it's done it's, in one big sum as one big tip or it's several people tipping a whole bunch of money at once 
Like it's a it's a slippery slope. Like it's definitely going to be something without different restrictions on it that's going to be exploited. And and on top of that, like what's from stopping uh, the most expensive, like the guys with the most money, to dictate the t- the games in general? Let's say there's nothing like nothing bad's going on, nothing mischievous is happening per se, but people who play for whatever team. There's some benefactor out there, you know, maybe somewhere that the WWE is currently uh, a big fan of giving lots of money out for mediocre plays or whatever. You're going to create like this weird competition base where teams are only going to want to perform on certain times or in certain places. And you're going to not that I really care, but you're going to ruin the game. You're going to ruin the quality of the game. And here's the here's the real reason why they're floating this idea. And it's because McMahon is putting up all the money for this himself. Yeah. And he wants to pay these players as little as he possibly fucking can. And so if they can figure out a way to get the fans to directly supplement the players' salaries in right. whatever way they possibly can, they're going to do it. Because that's the only way at this point that he's going to attract owners to what will at that point be a third professional football league in the United States. Because the alliance will have already opened by then. So he's got to do something to set himself apart from what the alliance is doing. So he's got to have this tipping thing. You know, it's like the old XFL where the players got bonuses after every game if they won. Yeah. You know, it's the same stupid thing. It's, it's, he's trying to, it's, he's trying to create a point of difference, uh, to attract, to draw players away from the competing league and to attract owners by making it look more profitable than maybe it is on its surface, you know, or making the, the upfront cost lower. Like your it's player just, payroll only has to be X because the fans yeah. tip your guys. It's so skeevy and it's so not good. It's just not. I just, I don't, I can't imagine though that it would be enticing I mean, I, I guess it kind of can be enticing to play. Stop looking at it from an altruistic point of view. Like, Chris, stop, stop thinking about this in a positive way and start thinking about this more in a, oh, this is disgusting. Mm-hmm. Then you'll start to really see what's happening. Like, this is, that uh, is sports. Like, professional sports is mostly disgusting, and it always becomes disgusting even if it starts out okay. Yeah. Um, and, and also, think about it this way, too. There are certain... Uh, tax benefits as an employer when you start registering that you have your your workers are tipped employees oh god that's true you can get around like tax loopholes minimum and shit wage. oh god like <laughs> the minimum so wage for tipped employees is only uh what three or four dollars an hour when it's yeah when it's around 10 for non-tipped oh, employees but the capitalist response to that would be well that entice or not entice it it, it it it's incentive for them to be better servers right yeah, but like, this is this is football this is a game where it's not their performance is not solely depend under their control if i'm a wide receiver okay and i have a shitty quarterback i'm going to catch fewer passes in general and fewer touchdowns which means i'm going to perform i'm not going to perform as well as receivers who play with good quarterbacks so I'm not going to get tipped as much. And that has nothing to do right. with how I play. That has to do with how someone else plays. So right. yeah, that whole I mean, 
that whole ridiculous mentality about tipping being an incentive for better performance doesn't fly here. You know, with a server, you could make the argument, I think it's bullshit, but you could make the argument that, oh, if they think they're going to get tipped better, they'll be a better server. And they're totally in control of how good they do with their job. The only thing they don't do is cook the food. Right. And then, or bring it out sometimes. They, yeah, but I mean, other, otherwise, everything else is within their control. And and yeah. most of the time, I don't. I think that argument doesn't hold water anyway, because most of the time, people tip shitty regardless of the service. Yeah, exactly. It's this is, but this is all you know. This is all just there. Like I said, if you look at this from a very not pleasant standpoint, it makes the most sense. It's not a po- This is not a positive thing that's happening. This is a very bad potential. And, and I don't see any positive potential. Look, it, look, it's the XFL also. It's, who knows, maybe he's going to have the games rigged like wrestling this time around anyway. So maybe it yeah, doesn't maybe. matter. Um, yeah. If it even happens. I mean, if, let's say the Alliance, the Alliance is going to start in February. Let's say it fails after a year. I don't know that he's going to want to launch another football league. After that one's already proved that maybe it's not viable. Oh, I I, I think he's not going to launch this league, but I don't think it's because of that. I, I just I mean, that's the thing. Yeah. This may never happen. Oh, I'm fairly certain it won't. But yeah, I, I hear your point. That's a valid point. Yeah. But, you know, so it's an idea that's being floated and it's it's the XFL. So it's not like it, there's sanctity of the game and there's tradition. And <laughs> bullshit. There's none of that. You know, it's it's it ain't the Black Sox scandal. Um, but. You could see, you could start to see where this would become very problematic uh, for the league. Like this is the point in the thirty for thirty documentary where you're like, mm, <laughs> "This isn't going to end well." <laughs> I don't know if they should have sold that team to that yeah. guy with the queer, crazy hair. Yeah, like you know, if this were a story on Real Sports with Brian Gumble, the music would kind of dip out here, and the the reporter would very gravely say, "Then." They decided to let the fans start tipping their players. <laughs> and the next three minutes are about all the gambling and drugs and horseshit that went on that killed the league. Yeah, all right. It's just weird. It's weird. It's different. It's a new idea. It's, it's, we will watch it closely, of course, uh, for as long as we can. Uh, <laughs> And then, uh, and and we'll let you know if anything else happens on that front. Let's move on to the geek stuff, nerd stuff. And uh, so it's been about uh, a little over two weeks since we last did a show. And in that time, Chris Evans made some interesting tweets about yeah, his time did. as Captain Yeah, Ryan. I mean, sad tweets. Well, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Um, so he wrapped filming on Avengers 4, the, the as-yet-to-be-untitled, or at least formally, uh, officially titled, Avengers 4. Um, and he tweeted, and I don't have the exact words in front of me, but he hint, insinuated that he was done playing Captain America. Uh, most people took that to mean uh, forever, which means uh, either Cap dies or Steve Rogers quits. In Avengers 4, um, or, you know, he's finally getting what he has hinted that he's wanted for several years now, 
which, which is out of here done with this and yeah. Yeah, something else. um he later after the furor on the internet over it um he later tweeted that that was not what he intended he did not consider what he said a spoiler for avengers 4 he was merely talking about this the, the 10 year or so journey to the end of this particular story yeah sure um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i don't buy that I don't yeah, buy okay. it, especially <laughs> considering that the second tweet seemed to be a very diplomatically crafted response, which came from a PR department, perhaps, and not perhaps not something he actually came up with himself. Um, so, guys, let's operate under the assumption, then, that for whatever reason, uh, Chris Evans or Steve Rogers, for that matter, is done as Captain America following Avengers 4. He either dies or retires, or goes away, whatever it is. No more Steve Rogers as Cap. What happens with Cap in the Marvel Cinematic Universe after that? I think it's uh, I think it's a pretty easy, logical leap that it goes to Bucky or it goes to Sam. And I, I don't I don't think it's that hard to believe. And I, I they <clears throat> they have to start setting up legacy characters at some point anyway. No, like we're gonna been... reboot. They have to. Well, that's true. So I think that I don't think a reboot is necessary or is it likely, honestly, no. with the way that they're going? Yeah, um, it's, it's easy to set up the legacy thing. Yeah, I'm just not sure people will. I mean, is are the movies, the MCU, are they so transmedia at this point that you can convey a new Captain America, you know, that takes over and people will be willing to accept it? Like that, well, th they'll call I think that's, this new character Captain America. I think that's sort of the the ball game right there. I, I think you have to figure out a way to do this. You have to move the mantle. Like uh, also, since we've been away, they released an image of Pepper Potts uh, in the rescue armor. Um, right. And that's so, not from Iron Man three. That image? No, no. Oh, I, I, okay. Everything I'm seeing is saying that that's that's yeah. Avengers four related. Okay. It could um, be. Because she didn't wear any armor like that in Iron Man three, she wore a sleeve, a glove. Oh, yeah. right, right, right. It wasn't a full on thing. Okay, no, gotcha. Um, and also, I think it's reasonable that that Chris Evans should be done being Cap, and yeah. and he doesn't want to be there anyway, and that's okay. It's okay. I I just everything as far as I'm concerned is pointing to this is the end. Cap will die. Cap always dies anyway. God, Cap dies more than kenny so it's fine it, it let's <laughs> you know let's 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 look at it from that point of view and, and from my point I, I think it's good let's see if this works and if it does then these movies can continue literally until the end of time and i think yeah, that's awesome I mean, or do they are, are people willing to accept a norton ruffalo situation like a maybe not enough of steve rogers yeah, like oh, but we'll, not not after ten years. I mean, who else? Like Chris, honestly, if I said to you, who is Captain America? Oh, there's only one. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, would you take a new Wolverine right now? Likely not. Yeah. I mean, they'll have they'll have to. Point, they have but... to, right? I mean, like because Wolverine with heat claws, he's got <laughs> fire claws, Wolverine. Yeah, um, I mean, there's there's going to be a new Wolverine sooner or later, but it's not going to be soon. I mean, they, they have to. I mean, yeah. just as, as many times as Caps, you know, walked away from the trash can with the, 
Captain America costume slung half in, half out. Which, <laughs> you know, I mean, like, he's done Damn that. Damn you, things. Amazing Spider-Man number 50. Right, like, as many times as that's happened, too, like, Steve Rogers always ends up as Cap again. Whether there are multiple Caps running around or whatever the case is, it's, that, that's him. It's just, like, with America or, or just comic, the, the general public, who's who's Robin? It's it's always going to be Dick, right? Or Rick. Yeah. <laughs> Rick Grayson. Oh God, it's um, another story. <laughs> but it's it's just I I don't think they can change for a permanent basis anybody being Cap except Steve Rogers. Steve, yeah. Well, that's I what I'm I, I'm interested I, in seeing. I don't think this is that big of a problem. I think I think they hand it off to either either Bucky or 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 Falcon. Um, they're done making Cap solo movies for now. They only tend to do solo movies in threes for these heroes. There have been three Cap solo movies. There are no plans right now to do any more. So Cap becomes a somewhat secondary character that you only see in the Avengers movies. And at that point, who, who cares who he is? Right. Like, I mean, it's, it's yeah. just the name Captain America and the shield. I mean, they've got plans to do solo movies now with, you know, other heroes are taking steps forward. Doctor Strange, Captain Marvel... Uh, Spider-Man, uh, they're eventually going to bring back the Fantastic Four, and, and X-Men are going to become part of this whole thing. They're Black Widow. Gonna, Black Widow's getting a solo movie. The Eternals are getting a movie. Um, <laughs> Can't believe that comic's going to be yeah, worth something now. <laughs> you know, like, it's, it's the Guardian. There's still another Guardians movie coming. And eh, maybe. <laughs> so it's, it's coming. It's happening. Well, Suicide Squad I, too. Who's yeah, in it? Say, yeah. <laughs> who's in it remains to be seen. Suicide Squad now with uh, Drax. Yeah, <laughs> I love I love that idea of of writing him in as Bane and basically going with a uh, Gail Simone's Secret Six Suicide Squad take, which would which make is, me so that would happy. Be the ideal. Yeah. Oh my God, that would make me so happy. Anyway. So I think they could very easily move on from Steve Rogers and people would probably be okay. Um, given that, you know, if they move Cap's position as a, not a main character anymore, which it looks like they're going to do anyway. Or, um, or let him age. And now he's the new Nick Fury since, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's similar to me. Yeah. He's no like, longer Captain America. Now he's Nick Fury. You know, now he's the head of, uh, these, this and is all well kinda, in, this is all well and good, gentlemen, and all and all very well made. But he, they even, you know, they they wrote the story. Steve, you know, Chris Evans wraps his last day as Captain America. Yeah, like, it's wrote, but that was that story was not written by anyone official. That's what was yeah, well, headlined about that tweet to get you to click on it. Like, yeah, but there's also. We know there's some truth behind that. We know. Okay, we know that some whatever he shot to him was an ending of something of his time as Captain America, whether it's, his, <laughs> I, it's true. That's all we know. The all rest right, of it is an right. extrapolation in theory. That's it. It's all conjecture. Fine. Fine. So Cap either dies, Steve is no longer Cap, or he, he goes away somehow, or he's talking about just this particular whole Infinity Stones thing is now over 10 years of buildup, like he claims. Yeah. <laughs> Any of that is could be true. Any of it. Well, it starts with the Tesseract, doesn't it? Yeah, which it came in the first Cap movie, like the yeah, yeah. you know. So, I, I guess mean, there's. I guess way, there's. There's some yeah. you know 
No. There's some believability to what he tweeted after that. No, no. no. I'm not buying it, but I'm saying right, it's good. plausible. Well, if I was saying this earlier to some of my buddies, if if where we're at is, is it's possible, if that's the level that we need to be on, <laughs> then it's probably not true. But we'll I have more find out in May. We got we got more movie news, Tom. Oh, we do. Oh yeah. Well, ish. Comic book your, movie news. Well, your favorite, your favorite. That milieu, I don't know. Your favorite thing, Star Wars, is once again okay. proven to be probably the worst thing to ever happen to let's, the nerd universe. Let's clarify some things first. Star Wars is not my favorite thing. Go um, on about it like it is. Star Wars has become, Star Wars fans have become my favorite thing to beat on the last <laughs> year or so um, because most of them have become horrible since December. Um... And that's that's about where it ends. But <laughs> um, we do have some news, and, and this is about a week old. But Chuck Wendig, noted comic book writer and uh, writer of the Star Wars Aftermath trilogy of novels, uh, the first official post Jedi, post Return of the Jedi novels uh, to come out in the Disney era, um, has been fired from uh, Marvel. He was taken off. Issues four and five of Shadow of Vader and taken off an as yet unannounced Star Wars book. Um, he says certain subsets of Star Wars fandom did not like the fact that he introduced a couple of LGBT characters in the aftermath novels. Uh, and there was a negative review campaign uh, across Facebook groups and other places. Uh, where people who hadn't even read the book would just start posting one-star reviews because of that. Um, he also is open, uh, outspoken about his liberal political views on Twitter, um, and that he's gotten all kinds of harassment since the first Aftermath book came out, uh, swatting attempts, uh, all kinds of different horrible things have happened to him. And so now... Uh, even though Lucasfilm told him there was nothing to worry about, Marvel took him off the Star Wars books. Something to worry about. Yeah, clearly. Clearly. Um, but, you know, Marvel is not Lucasfilm. So, if Lucasfilm tells you there's nothing to worry about, doesn't mean Marvel's not going to fire you. Um, so, I mean, and we've, look, we've talked about how Last Jedi was received, and there are while there are some people who have i don't want to call them legitimate gripes but they are <laughs> let's call them non-sexist non-racist gripes uh, about that movie and you know they're they're story related or star wars related gripes and not gripes because of their own horribleness um there's also a, a significant i wouldn't say significant there is an outspoken portion of star wars fandom that um doesn't like having a, a black stormtrooper or a female main character or um, gay characters in Star Wars. Apparently, these people have... Chuck Wendig is the latest casualty of those people. <sighs> Chris speaks for me in this regard. <laughs> Just replay that, replay that soundbite of Chris. 
whatever you want to ask me about Star Wars fans from now on, Tom. <laughs> does, yeah. this, does this happen with other fandoms? I don't think so. I really don't think so. It's so it's really strange. Why is it so limited to Star Wars fans? Like, why do they seem to be the biggest assholes? It's been, I mean, like, I, Star I don't. Star Wars fans feel ownership of that thing in a way that other fans of other things don't. And I don't know if it's because of the huge period of time between Return of the Jedi and Episode One, where basically the fans were responsible for keeping the property alive to an extent because there was no, there were no movies, yeah, no there were TV shows. But there, there were was, books like it wasn't like Shadows of the Empire like wasn't that it? all came within after Episode One was announced. Oh, was it really? Okay. Yeah, like that. I'm just like, trying to. There were a few of the novels had begun like Dash in the Rendar early nineties. Yeah, like but the early nineties, like the Timothy Zahn novels were the first novels of that wave of what's now called the legacy books, um, and that started in like the early nineties. And that was all there was until they announced that episode one was coming out. And, and then it became fashionable for Star Wars fans to hate Star Wars. They hated the prequels. Right, like the, the true Star Wars right, fans, right? Right, like, they yeah, hated that, on the prequels. Bullshit. And this is not what the prequels should be. This is not what was in our heads. This is not what Obi-Wan said it was in, in A New Hope and this and that bullshit. Um, and that has now become the norm for a whole subset of Star Wars fans. Um, you know, it's this out this outcry is not unlike what happened to Doctor Who fans when they announced that there was going to be a female doctor. Um, but it didn't get it didn't get her fired. So there's also a reactionary component from the people behind Star Wars that doesn't necessarily exist with other uh franchises other i mean like is is it also the case of okay so disney lucasfilm whatever yeah whoever the hell owns star wars now right (laughs) one of their obligations is to uphold the property i mean like to be the custodian of the property right like it's the whole like superman thing at some point he'll go into the public domain or the cases and or, or or the Siegel and Schuster can get the rights back, whatever the case is. But like, it just so happens that DC happens to be the the better custodian for the Superman property, right? Like, it's just they've they've handled it for so long now that it would. And not 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 speaking against the Siegel or Schuster family or anything, but like, I I just don't think that they'll be handling it as well as DC has, you know, from a business standpoint and marketing and and. and just keeping the property actually alive and going. It, it is a part of their responsibility to do that. And if they feel that the the audience that's loud enough is also big enough to 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 really impact their bottom line, I mean like I can see why they would do that, but I just can't imagine that the fans of this novelization or the cases are big enough to make any sort of a dent. No, I don't think they are either. And, and there's already been a study done. We've talked about it on the show where a lot of the discord like sewed on the internet about the last Jedi in particular was Russian bots. 
Yep. You know, trying to piss people yep. off. So, and and I'm sure a lot of the harassment Chuck Wendig got were from bots. Not all, um, but it probably made it seem bigger than it was. But this is Disney. Like, Disney <coughs> owns Marvel. Disney owns Star Wars. Disney is reactionary like this in a way that uh, other studios are not. Look at what happened to James Gunn. Right. I mean, like, if they, I guess, is, is it a matter now of if they even feel an inkling of potential bad press, the, the immediate response but what is, is... But what is the bad press? The bad press is we don't want to have this guy who believes in inclusion. We don't want to have this guy who believes in, uh, you know, making everyone feel welcome and, and accommodating. That's the bad press, because no. to me, it seems like I, they're the ask. I know, I know, I know, I know the I know the reverse. I know what you're saying. I'm not I'm not foolish. I know what you're going to say. But I look at I look at Nike now as like, well, they're willing to say that we're going to bet that the people who spend money on this are the people who don't believe in uh, the in one standpoint versus the other without getting too political here. And what I'm seeing from Disney in this regard is they feel that the money is still in the older generation of, you know, loud mooks who don't much care for the way that the world is moving and want everything to be exact. Like, you remember that great image, that that fan made image of what the real um, episode nine was supposed to be? And it was like Ray is making um, yeah. Like a, a, a turkey or something and you know luke is some big chuck Looks norris like muscle barbarian. man yeah. yeah those that apparently is where the money is when it comes to these star wars movies and they don't, don't want to piss those people off i don't i don't think they think that's where the money is in the movies but we've talked about how comic book buyers in general tend to skew toward that sort of older school demographic not liking change and he was writing star wars comics so I I maybe, I, I understand. We're also I basing understand. all of this off of Chuck Wendig's version of the story, and not Marvel's version of the story. Some other no. some other thing could have happened that he's not choosing not to talk about. I don't know that that we don't know that that's the case, but we do know that Chuck Wendig was harassed for bringing gay characters into Star Wars, and we do know that he's been fired off these comic books. Um, he claims it's because these people were so vocal uh, about protesting his being part of it. And look, to be honest, from Marvel's perspective, he's one writer that the mainstream folks have never heard of. What do they care if they fire him? It's not going to hurt them. It hurts them zero to fire him. He's not famous enough for there to be a big PR backlash over it. He's not... Um, he's not so identified with the book that they're going to lose readers over it. People are buying that book because it says Star Wars on it. So yeah. from their point of view, it, it doesn't matter. And so if it saves them $1, they're probably going to do it. I hear you. I'm just tired of the argument being we, you know, every time, every time there is a specific backlash, it seems like the easiest thing to do is just go after the person that people are upset about instead of 
going after what could be unreasonable people being upset about unreasonable things. Well, sure. Sure. I mean, there's, it's, there's, there's a, a, there's a question there of what's the right thing to do and what's the, the smart business thing to do. Yeah, I suppose that's true. And most of the time companies will choose the smart business thing to do. Fair. I mean, that's, that's what happens when they think short term, you know, like it's absolutely, you know, I, I, I'm not sure if like, let's say Chuck got to write his titles before getting fired or the cases and, I don't know, and I'm sure the comic, um, you know, analysts or whatever you want to call them, or projectionists wouldn't be able to predict how many, you know, a more inclusive story, how many more readers that would draw in, you know, like, so there's, it's probably extremely hard to monetize. And because they're thinking so short term, they they just think of the immediate loss versus the potential gain, right? And- yeah, you know, and and, and also, what sort of yeah, what sort of carrot will it take to, to allow them to to do that? You know, versus this whole stick of just firing the guy and or having it some sort of like a mandate for them to do it. You know, like what what sort of incentive would would it take? Would it be some sort of like all encompassing word from the head of Disney? To, maybe. to be like, you know, and maybe, but Disney has a history of doing this to people with outspoken political beliefs on both sides. They right. fired Kurt Schilling from ESPN for all of like the, we, the anti Hillary and violent, you know, Trump supporting memes and shit he posted on Twitter. And if you read some of Chuck Wendig's tr- tweets about president Trump, they're in many cases, just as vitriolic and vulgar and violent uh, as the stuff that Kurt Schilling posted. Yeah, so, but I'm in favor of what he's saying. Well, sure. So you're pissed <laughs> off about it. And the people who are in favor of what Kurt Schilling said were pissed off about that. That's but, my but that's that's my point. You know, it's it's a company it's it's simply a company trying to protect its pocketbook and its image. Um it's a shame because perhaps in both cases, an outspoken minority of people who were upset about it decided to complain. Um, you know, it's one thing to be upset and it's another thing to demand somebody's job because you're upset. Right. Just speak with your dollar. Don't buy the book. Right. Like that would be the reasonable thing to do. But, you know, we're not dealing with the we most reasonable. Yeah. We, it's, yeah. This is not it's reasonable. Twitter. We don't, it's no Twitter. Reason there's Twitter. reasonable need not apply. No, no. So let's move on to another little comic book story and, and. One that I'm very, sure very important one. Rick has been touching himself over since he heard about it over a week ago. And that yeah. is Nightwing has a new name. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, by the way, we need to preface this by this is definitely going to stick forever. One hundred percent. Yes. Just like dead Superman and blue Superman and, and red Superman and red and blue Superman. Like and Superman. red and blue. Yeah. And, and Superman uh, for and all seasons. Jim, and Jim Gordon as Batman. And uh, and no underwear and underwear and Dick Grayson is Batman, uh, 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 Wonder Woman with pants. Yes, you know? yes, yes, yes. Pants. pants, pants, and a vest or, yeah. or a short a short jacket, I guess. And uh, Lois Lane and, as, uh, as oh, you know what? We better not get into Bart, that now. Bart Allen, Bart Allen as Flash, <laughs> and then Kid Flash yeah. again. Um, yeah, all of these things. 
It's it's about as it's it's going to stick just like all of those things. Rick. So yeah, yeah. What happened in the world of Nightwing? Oh well, Nightwing got a bullet to the head by the KG Beast. No, he's not dead, although he might be now. And because of the bullet to the head, it did not kill him. It just scarred him, and it and it made him forget certain things, and it changed his personality, which. Um, brain damage can do that. So, you know, way to stick it to the realm of uh, reality. And because of his personality change, uh, Dick Grayson, as he's been known for, check my watch here, 80 goddamn years, uh, (laughs) has decided to change his name to, I'm going to say Rick Grayson, specifically R-I-C. Thank you. Thank you all. I, I can't help but notice that this happened uh, during the time that I changed the Reed Pyle's name for Halloween to the Rick Pyle uh, as a joke. Uh, I mean, everyone knows that I'm very good friends with Scott Snyder, who is a bigwig uh, oh, yeah, at yeah. DC. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I have a lot of uh, Gail Simone is a big fan of mine. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, so she obviously has lots of pull. And clearly this happened as a way for DC Comics to say thank you for all of the good I do. <laughs> Yeah, clearly that's what it was. It had nothing to do with a publicity stunt on the part of DC Comics. Nor a very reasonable change of a name from from Richard to Dick and now the more accepted version of the shortened Richard, Rick. <laughs> exactly. It's it's interesting though. Like do you this is sort of the like they the, like the Hank Pym type of syndrome, right? When it comes to Nightwing, like, do you feel as though DC sort of lo- either lost their way or is having a very hard time figuring out where he belongs and like what he needs to be? Yeah. Because like, yeah, I think they you know he, he was like Big Robin, then he became Nightwing, and then he became Batman for a while. Batman again, and then he became Grayson, secret agent guy. And now he's like Nightwing, but not Nightwing with a different personality. I mean, like, is this like just the yellow jacket phase of Nightwing? It could be. It probably <laughs> I don't is. think it's going to be that long. I mean, it's like the personality change made him forget all the skills he had learned from Batman. So the only thing he can do now is be like a detective. Yeah, um, I mean, like, it's <clears throat> so. Yeah, I mean, it's it's they clearly can't figure out what the hell to do with him because he's Batman, but not Batman. So where do you put that guy? You put, I mean, like each each of the Robins was always a reflection, uh, or excuse me, uh, uh, one one major facet of Batman, right? Like Dick was always sort of the athletic part of Batman, and and you know Tim, my my favorite Robin, is is considered the second world's second greatest detective behind Batman. You know, Rob or uh, Damien is like the rage, right? Jason is, I guess, also the rage. Yeah. Jason but is the failure. The failure. Okay, fair enough. Jason is the failure of reality. He always was. So, but that's the thing. They all represent a facet of Batman. They're all right. only defined in relation to Batman. So. When you branch them out on their own, like they've done with Nightwing for 35 years now. Yeah. 40. 40, Tom. 
and then 70s seventies. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's I'm that's Wolfman early eighties right? and New Teen Titans type stuff. Well, even early eighties were still you know very close to forty years yeah. away. I said thirty five. Yeah. Thirty five mm. was nineteen eighty three. Okay. Yeah, yeah, none of us thirty five though. Whatever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's a long fucking time. He's been on his own. And they haven't been able to figure out what the hell to do with him, except having him replace Batman from time to time. But what's wrong with that? Well, well more to the point it is, A, it's a character that they can't define, yet they keep giving a solo comic book to. Yeah, you got to come up with stories for solo comics, right? Right, you kind of need that. Um, and so they've got to come up with things, interesting things to do with him. Yeah, I mean, and, and I live. I'm not even pissed about the whole situation. I think it's kind of hilarious. It's so dumb. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you gotta. This isn't this isn't Damien deciding that his name is now Damon. This isn't you know. Let me think about uh, who who else is newish. Uh, this isn't um, not, uh, Batwing deciding that Batwing is a stupid superhero name and he wishes to be known as 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 Bat Guy or the Signal deciding the Signal is dumb and or, wants uh... to be known as. But is Senegal this, is this Superman losing his mind and deciding he's now gangbuster? Because that happened. this is oh god! But that was the eighties. That was the eighties, and everyone just matter. ignores it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he. How else is he going to fight Urban Plight? <laughs> he needs a yellow and brown suit. That, yeah. that was so great that they just tried to make Superman Wolverine with with a helmet. <laughs> yeah, and a he visor. was basically he was basically of all pro wasn't colorful. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, I mean, great. The only reason why, like, let's be honest. The only reason why we're even talking about this is because it's my name, right? Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, how did yeah. they choose that, too? Because R. Rich, because because R.I.C. So is, is a short. Things. It's Rich Grayson doesn't sound as good. Yeah, it sounds right. true. Right. And Rick Grayson and Dick Grayson are obviously very close. Right. And then you don't want R.I.C.K. because... I, I that that one actually I'm stumped. On. Well, I, think, I think because it's it's different, you know, it's just something that's it's comic booky because it's an unusual spelling, yeah, uncommon I mean, spelling, and he they, they couldn't use Richard because Richard Grayson is his father. This is yeah. So this was the what they did. Like this was the only choice they had, except changing his name completely and calling him, but I don't know, Caitlin or something. Over under twelve <laughs> issues. Oh yeah, it's gonna be oh. twelve issues. Oh, this shit always lasts only twelve issues. Twelve if issues, that, six issues, if maybe. That. I would give this six issues, honestly. Six issues, yeah, so one so. one trade. Oh yeah. Okay. So he gets his memory back in six months. Oh yeah, and then Corey's gonna like kiss him, and suddenly he's gonna remember that he was the superhero who liked to prance, and we'll be back to long plunging neckline Dick Grayson sweet ass comics. He is sexy with that long yeah, that's, plunging that's, neckline. No, yeah, <laughs> he is. He he does have the best ass in superhero. No, everyone knows it. Everybody agrees. Everybody agrees. All right, I think that's a signal to move on. Speaking move of asses, on. what did you see twice? <laughs> yeah. So briefly, Rick, you saw Venom twice. Yes. yes. Explain to us how you got into a movie theater twice, Mister Grouchy. <laughs> The first time was, uh, it was always planned because my buddy was like, hey, 
I, I'm thinking about getting us tickets to go see Venom. And this was during the day. And before I had a chance to reply with, eh, I've been up for 25 hours straight. Maybe I should just go to bed. The next uh, was, hey, I got us tickets to the 3D showing at the 1015 at Waterford Lakes. And I went, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I went and I saw it. And uh, any time Tom Hardy and Venom are on the screen in some facet, the movie is good. And anytime Tom Hardy and Venom are not on the screen, the movie is unwatchable. So there you go. I've seen it is twice. It a, is, it, is it as funny as people have said? Oh, it yes, is? it's very funny. Okay. It's, funny. There's, there's a lot of really good beats. I, the second time I saw it, uh, my buddy and his uh, girl wanted to go see it, and they were interested in knowing if uh, if Lauren and I wanted to go see it. And Elle decided that yeah, she'd like to check it out. And I waited because I knew all the you know comedic beats that were coming, and I waited to see if uh, my wife thought that they were funny, even though a lot of it was sophomoric and and is is banal the right word here? Banal, banal, banal. Um, and she laughed her ass off. So. Uh, we were all riding home. The, the plot makes no sense whatsoever. The storyline has holes that you can drive entire Batman trilogies through. And it is not that good of a movie, but it is definitely a fun romp. As long as it's entertaining, right? Like yeah. That's, yeah. Well, you'll be entertained whenever you see Eddie or Venom. If Eddie or Venom is not on your screen, you will not be entertained. Hmm. The end. Is it boring otherwise, or is it just stupid? Um, I would say on, I wouldn't go as far as to call it boring in those scenes, just not interesting. Hmm. Okay. Just you know, if you're if you had your phone out, you would you would scroll. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, there you have it. There's. there's no, I don't know. I, what I'm else do you want me to tell you? Yeah. Nothing. I'm waiting for the Netflix on that one for sure. You could you could definitely wait for Netflix on that one. Mm. Or mm. you could do what Rick did and, and pay once and see twice. Why why so bitter? Why because, so bitter? Because I literally have to call six congressmen and two senators to get you to go to a movie theater with me. But but if it's for free <laughs> Well, for one, yes, but for two, what movies do you would what movies do you invite me to, Tom? Well, I stopped because I don't feel like talking to congressmen all the time. And this is easy with the jokes. What movies do you invite me to? The last movie we saw together was Doctor Strange. And well, tech, unless you count unless you count stuff we've seen with all three of us, and then it would have been Justice League. Uh huh. And Wonder Woman. Uh huh. Well, Wonder Woman was before that. <laughs> my point being is that you invite me to go watch these godforsaken dc movies what we <laughs> like saw we... doctor strange asshole yeah that was great wasn't it it was and since then you haven't invited me to another movie except for aquaman and now i gotta go see aquaman Ugh. Aquaman. it's gonna be fun i'm sorry Do you, don't don't you have a batman tattoo I don't. Oh, no. Yeah, your wife has a Batman. <laughs> yeah, she does. Oh, I'm sorry. What what movies have you seen with the DC Comics logo in front of it that have been good? Name all of them. 
We've been we have whole shows devoted to that. Our, uh, yeah, you know what? It's convenient for you to mention that and not actually describe the movies, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it fits my narrative. That's <laughs> fine. Let's move on. This is not worth going into again. No, Chris. No, we've been we've been this horse to the point where it's flat on the ground. I am talking to Chris, sir. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Chris, what's pissing you off? Uh, didn't we I learn something? That. What? You don't want to? You, you, uh, I've actually learned something, like legit oh, but, learned something. But but that's not that's, that's not, not now. That's the segment right now. No no. It's um, hundred almost one hundred and sixty straight shows, Chris. Come on. The uh, so what's really pissing me off is um the, the accumulation we'll call it of jujitsu and. 20 plus years of weightlifting have finally added up to to multiple things and my wedding ring no longer fits. <laughs> so like people used to joke about, oh Chris, you got these gross you know arthritic fingers <laughs> and stuff. But like <laughs> I'm fortunately Stacy doesn't listen to this show and I just chalk it up to um you know I I forget to put on my ring. You know, like that's the excuse I use. Um, it literally just doesn't fit anymore because my knuckles have been so arthritized to the point where my wedding ring doesn't fit over it. So I'm trying to figure out a way to resize the ring, or I thought I'd get fancy and maybe get like a ring tattoo thing. No, 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 bro. Let me, let me make this much easier on you. You do like every other jujitsu guy and you go get one of those rubber silicone rings. I have one. So what's wrong with that? That one doesn't fit either. <laughs> in fact, it's one that she's not. So in doing so, I'd have to buy another silicone. <laughs> They're only like 10 bucks. I know, but like. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so what's I mean, pissing you off is that you broke your fingers too much? I did, not broke. Traumatized repeatedly. <laughs> this is why gi training is bad for you kids. And I've always, I've always been the guy who's like, look, I've been doing this for ten plus years, no major injuries, except a couple. <laughs> but it, it, the accumulation has finally added up, and it, it shows in the fact that I can't even wear my fucking wedding. <laughs> so like. This whole comeuppance is, is, is pissing me off considerably. Fair enough. Tom. Yeah. What pisses you off this week? Tiger teams. And mm-hmm. tiger teams and paradigms and synergy and uh, what? issue processing. They're buzzwords? Business buzzwords. They fucking piss me off. That's I I have to for 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 some of my work I have to interview a lot of like businessy types we'll call them executives and and people who exist in worlds where uh six sigma is like a religion and I'm just I'm tired of I'm tired of the self-important fucking business buzzword <laughs> <laughs> Just call it what it is it's a committee that's what it is. It's not a tiger team. You don't need to call it that because NASA did that 50 years ago. And so 
your team is tackling a problem just as difficult as Apollo 13. <laughs> when really you're just trying to figure out what coffee service to buy for the fucking <laughs> break room. Okay? Just call it what it is. It's I actually have no argument to this. That's that's yeah, that's valid. Like it is it's very dumb and new age and it I mean is it like I guess we would call it like a reversed euphemism? It's a it's a it's a term It's a euphemism. The team has no limits and it's agile like a tiger and it can pounce on a problem. I mean tigers have limits though, right? Like yes. they, yes, they can't they fly do. for instance. Yes. Correct. So I mean four flyers. It's fucking like, stupid. It's fucking stupid. It is very stupid. I've never even heard of that before. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I, th those are some of those are new to me. Yeah. Yeah. I've unfortunately been exposed to too many of them. Mm. Rick, what's pissing yeah. you off? Well, Tom, I'll tell you. Football. Uh oh. Football is pissing me off, Tom. In many, many, many levels. <laughs> okay. On the college level, it's pissing me off that UCF uh, is basically really going to go like probably 24 0 and still not be ranked in the top 10. Um, that's pissing me off. The fact that, you know, we have this bullshit playoff system that is now somehow worse than the goddamn BCS, which would have maybe landed UCF in an actual national championship game, which blows my mind to begin with. Mm -hmm. That's just, bothering me. Let me just interject for a brief moment and then I'll let you get back to your train of thought. The only thing that the voters always say about the polls this year that I agree with is they're only judging UCF this year based on this year. So I don't know why 20 and 0 keeps getting brought up because 13 of those are from last year. Well, I think it's just a general point because it's not like anyone respected the team last year either. Hell no. No, I agree. And last year's team, I think, was more deserving of getting into the playoff than this year's team based on the schedule. But yeah, well, um, but I, regardless, they don't get the respect they deserve. No, no. So. I have this theory about the world that we live in here in the in the uh, the United States where. People, you have to believe that ultimately justice prevails and good things happen to good people and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And, and, and if you just have faith in, have faith in the system, it'll work, right? Okay. But college, college football is proving that eh, there's no point. Like, we're, yeah. we're just going to put the, the teams that we want in and screw you and don't bother going to mid-majors because we're not going to give them any respect. And then you go to the NFL. And I'm having a lot of trouble enjoying the NFL. Now, Tom and I, we, we as you probably saw on our Twitter page, we enjoyed a, a nice meal together. We watched the Vikings game. It was cool. It was nice to have Tom in a, in a Vikings jersey. And I'm like, man, this is awesome. One of my best friends in the whole world. And even if it's just for one year, he's cheering for the team that I've cheered for my whole life. And it was it was a really great feeling. It's and so then I'm weird. watching the why? Because so, well, I've never like I've never worn stuff for a team other than the bucks before in, in the NFL. So it was kind of like, like you're cheating on your girlfriend a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can understand. Like you were only half interested in cheering for the Vikings first downs and things like that. I like, know, you know, but it, well, cause we were, we were talking too, as we always do. So it was different, yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was, it was odd. It was good, different, but it was different. Right. And I was having a good time, but then 
like I'm looking up at the big screen and I'm seeing players getting like knocked out of the Oof. Jags game left and right. Yeah. I'm looking around at some of the other screen. I'm looking at these kids, these little bitty kids that are like there with their dads who maybe they played ball or maybe they're hoping their kids will play. And I'm, and I'm looking around at the culture that is bred by this thing. You know, we're in this sports bar, which had great food and really good prices and amazing beer. But the waitresses that were bringing us our food were essentially naked and Everything about the entire culture just sort of caught up to me. And I just went, I, I don't know if I can just keep doing this anymore. I, I don't want to really be a part of this, this, this whole culture anymore. It's just, it's getting to be too much. And it, it made me upset because when I was a kid, you know, when I was a kid, everything was better when I was 10. Um, but when I was a kid, football was a time for me and my dad to sit on the couch and, and watch the game. And the, you know, I, I didn't, I wasn't aware of the amount of damage being done to humans and things like that. And I guess football forcing me to see reality is just kind of pissing me off. Okay. Okay. Now there are still options. There are other places that show football that don't have naked waitresses. Yes, I agree, but you but the other see my stuff, point. The other stuff's unavoidable. Yeah, yeah. but you see my point about the culture. Hell yeah, dude. I, I do, yeah. and it's unavoidable unless you just drop out of the culture entirely, unfortunately. Well, the thing is, has that culture always been there? Yeah, And Probably. you guys just weren't privy to it? Probably. You know, yeah, I mean, so, it, I mean, it wasn't even that. I, I, think, I think we were privy to it and just it was more accepted in a different time and we're in a, mm. it, and I hate you. I weren't aware because of it. It sounds strange coming out of my mouth, but we're in a more woke period of time now <laughs> where we see, you know, we, we notice things like that and, and, you know, spotlight has been put on the ill effects of football on people and, and, you know, on players, I should say. And, uh, you know, and then there's a bigger cultural divide in this country in general, especially in parts of the country that worship the game. Um, you know, we live in the South where football is kind of a religion. And there are also other things that the South believes in. <laughs> Religiously, no less. That were once accepted that maybe shouldn't be anymore. <laughs> so, it's, well. you know, we're in, a, we're in a very odd time right now. Yeah, but but Chris said he learned something this yes, week, and frankly, it's know. got my attention. I did. So, as mentioned many a time on our show, we're getting old. Oh, no kidding. Like, Take a drink. Yeah, we, we nostalgize about it quite a bit. Um, so the other day, my, my buddies at work and I, Friday, it's generally a slower day, and we were just sitting around just bullshitting about old video games we used to play because they're all playing this the Fortnite, um which i no desire to play um and then we were discussing doom and duke nukem which they were all sort of vaguely remembering um but then we got into to the subject of cartoons like what we grew up sort of like watching and whatnot and we all agreed that we all watched doug and whatnot and it was a lot of fun and it was brought to my attention that despite there being, you know, purple and green and blue characters on Doug, I remember his teacher was like purple, right? And then the bully was green and stuff. But I guess it was common knowledge that Skeeter, his best friend, was in fact a black 
analog. And my, my two friends at work were like, they made some crack about Skeeter like being the the token black guy, of which I was completely unaware. <laughs> and they they sort of offered all these sort of like different instances, and which led to us YouTubing this sort of like you know and, and figuring and looking on Snopes to see whether he was intended to be a black character or not. And I guess in, in fact Skeeter was intended to be a black character, as stated by Jim Jenkins, the creator of Doug. Um, so huh. I learned that this week. I had no idea because. As far as I was concerned, maybe I just I don't look for that sort of stuff, and I certainly didn't when I was like ten. But um, it was almost like a colorblind show because there was just different colors and, and whatnot. And as far as I was concerned, he was like the Screech character from like Saved by the Bell, but just transposed on the Doug, where he's just the goofy best friend. But um, nobody else in my office saw that either, except that like literally the two black characters and. And which led me to just open up conversation about like, is it because there's not a lot of representation in just sort of like conventional media, you know, especially on Nickelodeon and all things in cartoons, like there aren't enough black characters that you guys had to are, are more just perceptive to that sort of thing, or was it in fact like intended to be, and it was intended to be that Skeeter was black. So I learned that this week, which blew my mind. Um, so yeah, that was, that was interesting. It made for a great conversation at work. Did you guys know that? No, it never crossed my mind, but that it makes didn't sense. Either, yeah. Yeah. So either way. And, and they also didn't know that baby Sinclair from dinosaurs, uh, said not to the mama. They like out of nine people in my office, four of them thought that baby Sinclair in fact said knock the mama. No, it was not the mom. It was always not the mom. That was really always exactly like he didn't hit the mom, right? With a pan, he hit his dad, not not the the mama. mama. Yeah, Yeah. so that was that was also interesting because they all. Uh, You're. I've suddenly lost a lot of respect for your coworkers after having lots of respect for your coworkers. (laughs) That was quite the roller coaster you just took me on there. (laughs) But yeah, so um, Skeeter's black. I didn't know that. Yeah, you know what? I never really realized it either. Okay. Rick, what did you learn this week? Um, I learned a great many things this week. Um, but most notably, I learned that I am, whether I recognize it or not, I have moved into being part of the gig economy okay. as uh, as I have become quite prolific at uh, selling my plasma. <laughs> and, and that is my side gig. And that's where we are as a society. I have a very decent 40-hour-a-week job that supplies me with fantastic health care and a 401k, and I wasn't making ends meet. And then I looked into this whole selling plasma thing, and I said, not only will that help me make ends meet, but by God, I can build a savings off of that. <laughs> and it's working out pretty well. <laughs> Do you really? Yeah. Made like six hundred bucks so far. How uh, how how time did you? Cost me about an hour of my day, twice a week. Actually, not that bad. (laughs) (laughs) I'm making roughly twenty four dollars an hour every time I sit down, and the only thing I got to do is I got to sit there and squeeze my hand. Is that uh, 
<laughs> it's nearby, Chris. I get a referral bonus. <laughs> oh my god! You mean I'll have to squeeze my hand, Rick? So the first uh, the first three times, or you get like seventy five bucks a pop, right, then you get right, like fifty bucks. Right. <laughs> Yeah, you do have to pay taxes on it eventually. Oh, yes. Yeah, okay, so it's it is ten ninety nine. Yeah, yeah. It's but not, you it's know, not a plasma internship. <laughs> you don't get three hundred thirty three thousand for four dollars a month. <laughs> if Griffles wants to sponsor me. <laughs> oh God. Uh, Tom. Uh, yeah. What did you learn this week? Well, I, I just I learned two things because I learned the thing I learned and I just learned something else. And the first thing is you two fuckers are shameless. Completely shameless. Um, the Jew and the Asian like money. Welcome to our society, Tom. Let it be known that I did not say that. <laughs> the second thing I learned was sometimes you just gotta ask and you'll get. Yeah. Yes. So since I was like six or seven, I have missed bonkers fruit chews. <laughs> this thing. This fucking thing. All right, here we go. So, what is a bonkers fruit chew? Okay, so bonkers, if you, you might remember oh, yeah. the commercials from when we were kids, bonkers God, we're box never you out, off and it was like a, a uptight. Uh, there was always like an uptight person, and then they would eat the bonkers and a giant piece of fruit would fall from the ceiling and like knock them down um, or they would go crazy. And there was always like this weird, like farmer and old lady in the commercials there. Are, if you look through eighties comic books, especially DC comics, there are tons of full page bonkers ads in them. Um, and they were sold in like sticks. Like you would get a pack of say, um, like down later, like bubble yum, bubble gum. Like they were about that size. Um, okay. but they, and they were individually wrapped like, Slightly chewier than a Starburst, but not quite gum, because um, they weren't gum. And they were, they had, the fruit, the flavor of them is something I've been chasing to find in other candies forever, because they went away in the early 90s. Um, and then a company called Leaf Brands, which uh, has kind of made its bones the last few years, bringing back retro candy, um, bought the rights. And thank God for that. And the formulas, and they've been working on getting them out and back, and... They're going to come out later this year, but they're doing the final round of taste testing. And they reached out to, as they did with the first round, they reached out to the Bonkers Facebook group and um, asked, you know, if you're interested in taste testing, we really need people who remember the texture because we're trying to get it right. Um, send us an email explaining why you think you would be good for this, and uh, and we'll choose... They initially said 10. They ended up choosing 20 out of the 200 emails they got. And I was one of them. So I am tomorrow. I just got the tracking update. Tomorrow, I am going to get to taste bonkers candy for the first time in almost 30 years. Um, and and then report back on which which version I think has the closest texture and flavor to the original. Um, so... Uh, I, I gotta say getting that email kind of made my week and, uh, super excited, super excited. Some of you have asked if I would do the taste test on the podcast. Um, the answer is maybe I know <laughs> they're going to ask that we do some kind of video of it anyway. An unboxing. Them. Yeah. I don't know what it, they haven't given me the exact instructions. A yet, desalivating. But, yeah. Right. Um, 
they haven't given me the exact instructions yet, but I know the first round involved some kind of video or photos. So even if I only do that, you'll be able to see that. I'll put it on the, those two jerks, Facebook, and we'll put it on the Twitter. Uh, so you guys can see that. Um, but that being said, I want to try another experiment. Uh, I have a cousin. She is uh, also my goddaughter, actually. She's a senior in high school, and she is obsessed with Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Smart girl. <laughs> I, I, you can't argue with that. Um, to the point where, and if, you, you've, if you've been on the internet for any length of time, you've seen the infamous photo of a, I think, pre-college Dwayne Johnson you know, uh, looks like a high school yearbook photo wearing the no, black that, turtleneck that's, that, with the that's actually him and chain. That's him as a wrestler. Like, oh, that was legit. That was legit, oh, yeah. I thought he was what was that, like, Rocky Maivia days? Or yeah, what? just after Rocky Maivia when he was first being The Rock, yeah. Wow, okay. So it's the black turtleneck Figaro chain fanny pack photo. Mm -hmm. um, it's easy to find online if you haven't seen it before. Um, my cousin... Uh, recreated that outfit with the money she <laughs> earned at her at her job, her summer job, and uh, wore it and posed like The Rock for her senior yearbook photo. Commitment. <laughs> Commitment, for sure. Um, and she is trying to get The Rock to take her to the prom. So I, after laughing my ass off at seeing all of this and being stunned by her ingenuity, uh, said we would reach out to Jerk Nation through the Tweety and try and help her. So uh, by the time you start hearing this, we'll have tweeted, uh, you'll get to see the photos. Um, and uh, we're hoping all of you will join us in tweeting them at Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Um, and let's see if we can get the rock to take my, take my cousin to the prom. <laughs> let's see what the power of, of asking for shit on the internet can do for you. It's a very fair statement. I think it could happen. I got a couple of people left at the WWE that I could uh, put put their eyes on this. Not sure what'll come of it, but I can I can do that. We can try. She's already tweeted at him on you know gone uh, tagged him on Instagram a couple times. No response, but she's just one person. So let's see if we can marshal the resources of the Jerk Nation one last time <laughs> and make it happen. Uh, so keep an eye on the Twitter for that and the Facebook. And uh, we don't have an Instagram, but if you're on Instagram, you'll we'll give you the, the hashtag and whatever to to get it to him that way too. Um, all right, Rick. If people want to find us on Twitter, how can they do that? Very easy. You just go to the Twitter machine and you at those two jerks. Please make sure you spell it T W O. And then you can find me. And usually I'm bored, so I'll uh, respond to you, even if it's in the negative. Because <laughs> it's almost always in the negative. In fact, it's rarely in the positive. It's never in the positive. Yeah. Tom, if they want to uh, join the Facebook group, and if they are interested in having all of their information stolen from them, what is our Facebook page? Facebook.com slash those two jerks. Chris, what's the email if they want to email us? Um, seeing that I'm the one that has an Android phone and operating the Google eco, eco uh, <laughs> system, it's uh, those two jerks. Spell out T-W-O at gmail.com. That is correct. You can also call and leave us a voicemail. Uh, you want to complain and bitch and moan about us shutting things down? Or uh, maybe you just don't like the way I talk about your crappy podcast on this show. 
There's his one per show. Uh-huh. Um, yep. Yeah, I got I to gotta get one jab in per show. Usually it's right here around the end. Or uh, if you just want to talk about, you have an opinion on something we talked about this week, and uh, join the conversation, you can call us. 321-76-JERKS, J-E-R-K-S. There's no human answering that phone. It's just a voicemail. So don't allow your social anxiety to stop you. You can get all that information on our website, those two jerks.com. For the Sussman, Rick Sussman, and the occasional Vukani, Chris Vu, I am the Tom Alexander, and for at least eight more shows, or until Effie decides he's really Ric Flair, <laughs> we will remain. Decides to confirm it. Anyway. <laughs> we will remain those two jerks. See you next time.